0: Thank you. Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. We've just gone through a pretty crazy week in Hillsborough County School District. There's been plenty of news regarding elections, past, elections to come, and a host of other issues. Reporter Marlene Sokol is back with us to discuss the latest and the greatest. Marlene, I want to welcome you back to discuss your ever-busy school district.
1: It's great to be back.
0: Now, I want to start off by talking about the second thing first that's been going on, and that is elections. I was really interested to see. We already knew we had two incumbents leaving, and now we have a third. What's going on? What do you see happening with the school board and the complexion being changed for the future of the school district?
1: Well, we have some very interesting contests and a very big disappointment last night for Sally Harris, the chairwoman, um, who is... Very well-liked, very well-respected, particularly for the work she's done as a foster parent and as a preschool operator. Um, Clearly has a good heart when it comes to children and disadvantaged children. But she was thrown out of office last night. Um, She did not even make it to a runoff. Um, She was surprised that she did not make it to a runoff. You know, she thought at least, you know, she would have until November, and she was defeated by Stacy Hahn, um, who also brings a lot to the table. Uh, Stacy Hahn has a doctoral degree. She is a an expert in how to train teachers. Um, her background is as an um, education professor. Um, but I, there are people who would view this a little bit as. I don't know, a mandate or or just as a a lack of confidence in the way the school district is going. Um, Sally Harris did not see it that way. She sees people being very supportive of the school system. She just says her opponent had more money and got the money earlier and got her message out earlier in time for early voters.
0: So you're saying that you're saying that the challenger actually won outright in a three-person primary and it doesn't have to go to a runoff either.
1: Right, it's a 20-point spread. She had I think it was 54% uh, percent if I'm not mistaken and then the third candidate had very few votes. So this was Stacy Times Stacy Han's second run for school board, uh, the first time, yeah, you know, I believe she came in third in, in a six-way race. But, um, yeah, Dr. Hahn did very well for herself, and she'll be joining the school board in November.
0: What kind of person is she? What kind of things does she stand for?
1: Um, She is really a a mixed bag, if I could use that expression. Um, Of course, very um, well-educated, has spent her entire career in education, both as a teacher and as a teacher of teachers. She also is conservative and and she has some very strong conservative values and she has backing from some conservative conservative interests. So I, I won't say a contradiction. Um, I think her her views and I read back on on her questionnaire that she filled out for us um her views, they're pretty middle of the road and and logical and sensible. she She wants the school district to do a better job managing its money. She wants um, you know a more systematic way of of reviewing individual budgets and expenses. She'd like to see better teacher training, better teacher preparation. And again, that is her background. she She works at the University of South Florida. And she is in charge of relationships with school districts, placing new teachers in schools, giving them the training that they need. And, and she'd like to see that whole effort refined a bit to, to, to get teachers cool. in front of kids.
0: What about what about the juicy stuff? Sally Harris voted to dump Mary and Elia. She lost. Melissa Snively voted to keep Mary and Elia. She won. Is this is this dynamic changing? Is Jeff Aikens on the on the hook now?
1: You know, I honestly don't know. I I I think if you do the math, Jeff used to have four very faithful supporters. He had Sally Harris, Susan Valdez, April Griffin and Cindy Stewart. And now, as of November, that will be down to one, Cindy Stewart, because Griffin and Valdez are both leaving in November. Now, the rest of the board, um, Tamara Schamberger, she seems to be kind of neutral on the issue of her support of Jeff Aikens. Lynn Gray is very critical. Melissa Snively is often critical. So, I don't think I don't think you could say for sure that, you know, that there's going to be a vote to to fire the superintendent. I don't see anything happening that would be that dramatic. And one reason that that nothing you're not going to see something like that happen is because the school board is also asking the voters for money for a referendum, which I'll talk about in a little while. So I think it's safe to say that the superintendent does not have the level of support. He certainly does not have the cheerleading that he had from Sally Harris. And I know it sounds insulting to use the the word cheerleading, but she was a very big booster of the district. She produced a slideshow for every single school board meeting without exception, People would watch her slideshow of all of the great things that happened that, and the schools she visited and, you know, how impressed she was at what they did. She was really a booster. She saw that largely as her role. And I think to the extent that that wore thin was people thought that her role really should have been to provide oversight, you know, rather than cheerleading. Well,
0: that issue of oversight Kind of ties directly into that issue that you brought up of the tax referendum that the board is is calling for, and I wonder um, with the new election of a new person, is that going to make a difference in in going forward? Because they don't actually take office until November, right? So they can't take it back.
1: And I and I asked um, Stacy about that last night. I because when on the campaign trail, she said she was against the referendum because. She didn't think the school district had established enough credibility. And although that was what she said on the campaign trail, now that she's been elected, she said, you know, I really want to get into my seat, get into the board, do my research, talk to constituents. So she's backed away from that position. Um, before we move on to the referendum, though, I. Um, couple of other very interesting races um the least interesting of them was melissa snively she won re-election she got about 75 percent of the vote she's very popular in her district and there was not much of a contest from her opponent the two more interesting races you've got bill person and steve kona who are heading to a runoff to replace susan valdez um you know, Bill comes from the district, long history with the district, but he has, you know, very colorful personality and, and very outspoken in his criticism of Akin's. And then you've got Steve Kona, who comes from the Building and Construction Association and, and backed by much the same conservative groups that, that have backed some of the others on the board. So you have a very big contrast between those two. Um, You know, Steve Kona, much more funding, if money matters, then then that gives him the edge. And then over the at-large race, you have um, Shake Washington, who people in the school system know and respect. He was a principal and an area superintendent, very well liked, and then he retired. And then the other person who made it to the runoff, Karen Perez, who we don't know much about. I I have never met Karen Perez. I hope to meet her, but all I know is she's a social worker.
0: You're saying that we have a candidate for school board who made it past the primary election and you as a reporter covering the district have never met her?
1: Never met her in my life. Um, We reached out to her as we do to all the candidates, sent her a questionnaire invited her to sit for an editorial board interview and we got nothing back. Um, I had a brief conversation with her on the phone. It was very brief and she indicated that you know she would like to send her views you know in the form of an email or a questionnaire and never heard back. So that was then and you know in this day and age you can you can still be successful in in an election campaign even if you do not engage with the newspaper which she showed you can do
0: did she indicate any and did she indicate at all what she stood for to anyone did you hear anything about her campaign
1: i didn't hear anything i have not looked on her social media i would assume that you know she has a social media presence and and You know, I I prefer to interview the person directly and engage with them directly, Um, but that didn't happen. I'm hoping it will happen before the general election, and that's up to her. She can come in and and meet with us, meet with me, you know, discuss the issues with me. I I really do hope that will happen because she could win. And obviously, I'd like to be able to report to my readers where Karen Perez stands on the issues that that, that she's going to face if she wins election to the school board. She came in second. Sheik Washington came in first. And, you know, who knows where that's going to go in November?
0: Well, I just looked her up on Facebook just to see a picture of her because I, I didn't know who she was. And now I at least know what she looks like. So I feel a little better, but I, <laughs> we'll see.
1: Um, so, so that's basically our, you know, that, that, that was the school board elections. And so, so I have two more going to a runoff.
0: So let's talk about, let's talk about the tax referendum. I had the pleasure of sitting in for you while you were off having a great vacation. I hope covering the, well, I got to cover the school board as we, I walked in, I was told by pretty much everyone in the room, oh, there's no way the school board will do anything rash. They're not going to put anything on the ballot for November. There's no time to get everything done. And then as I sat through this two-hour meeting at the end, they put a November sales tax referendum on the ballot in addition to one for March in case the one in November fails. And I'm sitting there stunned and baffled. What the heck is going on over there?
1: Well, what happened as, and I played back the tape since I was out of town that day, but, you know, as you heard the explanation, they they were thinking that they would go for March because OPAGA had indicated to them that it would take a while to, to do the audit, which is now required by law, so everybody was under the understanding that the audit would take roughly six months, and then it would have to be posted another two months. And I called OPAGA at the time, and they told me the very same thing. And then uh, somehow the the transportation group, they pulled their initiative together, and they got assurances from OPAGA that they could get the audit done much more quickly. So they announced that they were gonna be on the ballot for November. And at that point, people in the community who know that the schools need money, who know that the air conditioners aren't working, who know that the teachers are underpaid relative to other school districts, you know, people in the the community, they saw what what the transportation group was doing. They contacted the school board and the superintendent and they said, what are you waiting for? And and so they really had I don't want to say they had no choice. But they would have looked ridiculous had they not at least tried, because transportation's going for a whole cent. So at this point, if you wait until March to ask for a half a cent, Hillsborough would have the highest sales tax in the state. And it just seemed that waiting was too much of a risk. So they said, all right, we'll go for a half a cent now. And they're basically throwing a Hail
0: Mary. Now, a cent, you're talking about a half a percent on the sales tax, right? Up to $5,000. Because everybody says half cent as if it would be like a half a penny on whatever purchase it is. And I just want to make sure.
1: I'm using shorthand. I'm using shorthand here.
0: And that half a percent would be able to be used for, since it's a sales tax, only for construction and capital projects and not for teacher pay.
1: Yes. It strictly has to be used for capital projects. It cannot be used for recurring expenses. However, as we all know, when you look at how school districts spend money, you you know, money comes from here and it goes there. You know, some of the money that goes to capital expenses is taken out of the general fund, you know, which means that they don't have the money that they would like for recurring expenses such as salaries so yes, strictly it has to be used um, for capital needs, but, but it does relieve pressure on the budget as a whole.
0: And this campaign, does it exist yet? Because as I sat there, they said they had certain things they needed to get done before they could even put it on the ballot. I'm assuming those things are happening, but then, then what? I mean, they have basically nine weeks to convince voters to do this.
1: Yeah, and they have less when you consider that about 70% of people vote either by mail or or in early voting. So you're talking about early October, you know, to get their message out. I do not know of any campaign. I I am assuming, and I'm not just assuming, that the communications department is working very hard. They cannot campaign legally, but they can put out factual information. So they can put out videos, which they've already started to do. They can put out fact sheets that say, here's here's what we need the money for, as long as they don't say, please vote for our referendum. But as far as a grassroots organization that would campaign for it, um, I'm hearing that the teachers union will take the lead, possibly the teachers union in partnership with the state organization, the FEA. There's also a group called the Alliance for Public Schools, headed by Melissa Erickson, it, they would likely be involved, um, and, you know, the PTA. So, so there are some players that I would imagine will come together, and this is all really under the discussion stage right now. Um, the rush right now, you know, before they get to the campaign, is to pull together all of the financial information that o- Opaga needs so that they can do their audit.
0: Well, I think that one of the things that might sell it more than a campaign is the number of kids, as I've read in your stories and others, or even seen talk to people experiencing no air conditioning in their schools or other similar problems or the concerns about lead in the water supply. People are knowing those things happening. They'll probably say to themselves, do I think that this money will help pay to repair these things?
1: Yeah, in fact, um, we put in a public records request earlier this week for maintenance orders on the air conditioning, and just now, a couple minutes ago, received a very, very long list. And I have not even opened up the file yet, but it is an enormous list of air conditioning problems that have been reported since the start of the school year. And of course, in the past, you know, the school district they could sort of play it down and say, "Well, it's really not so bad." Now they're finding that it's in their best interest to say, you know, our air conditioners are all breaking, you know. So so but no, you talk to any student, you talk to any teacher and it's not universal, but it is it is widespread. And I think what everybody's acknowledging at this point in time is Many of the buildings were built in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, the air conditioners were not well maintained. And after 20 years, if your air conditioner is not well maintained, it will stop working. And that's that's just anybody who has an air conditioner knows that.
0: Well, they may just have a lot of things going in their favor. And I'm not talking about broken air conditioners that make people think t- that they should vote for this. I was looking Over Tuesday's election results and tax referendums around the state, Lake County, Clay County, Broward, Monroe, Bay, Orange, all passed by, in some cases, large margins. People seem to be willing to support improvements for their public schools. So maybe despite all the hemming and hawing and the worrying about having your house in order, people actually will think, as they have in other counties, that Hillsborough County needs to make some improvements, too. Yeah, I mean, I
1: think so too, and that goes not just for the sales tax, but also local option like Pinellas, which is you know a tax on real estate, and and that that pays you know higher teacher salaries, the arts, and Pinellas is a good is a good comparison because Pinellas also a very conservative county, but that local option tax is renewed every four years without fail, usually by a very high margin. So I think, by and large, people are willing to, to pay a little bit more for good schools. Um, I the, the unfortunate thing in, in Hillsborough, and we're working on a story on this today, the unfortunate thing in Hillsborough is this school district finds itself in opposition to the, the transportation group. They have not been working together. It's a competition, and... Again, that's that's not a position you want to be in. The transit people are asking for 1%. You, you know, if both passed, and we don't know what the likelihood is that both would pass, but if both of those measures were to pass in November, then Hillsborough might have the highest sales tax in the state. So we're all wondering, could they both pass or could they defeat each other? you know, could could neither of them get enough votes to pass. So that's the unfortunate well, thing that there was no coordination between the two groups of people.
0: We've seen it go both ways before. When I worked in Hernando County, I remember having the county government going up against the, the school board for taxes and, and people were more often inclined to vote one way or the other. So you'd see a school tax pass and a county tax not pass. In Pasco County, they wound up working together at one point because they found that separately they, they couldn't get anything together. It just kind of depends on on the makeup of the voters and what they really want. I, I Even sitting in that school board meeting, I heard some of the board members saying, what is this transportation tax going to give to people who live outside of the core area where it's going to develop things? A couple of sidewalks. And they're going to be paying it for 30 years. They're already starting to raise seeds of doubt about whether a, that transportation tax is what's needed as compared to the schools tax.
1: And that's exaggerated. And because the, the reality is, I believe 45% of the transportation money would go to the bus system, to Heartline which goes all over the county. So there there's a little bit of exaggeration on both sides. The the, the people, you know, there are people who oppose the transit tax and they say the only people the only people it's going to help are you know, Jeff Finnick and 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 people with business interests in in the downtown area and channel side. That's not true. The money would be distributed, would be spent throughout the county and and much of it would go to a bus system that is underfunded and reaches around the county so i think you're seeing a lot of posturing certainly within the school system you're seeing a lot of resentment towards transit because they jumped the gun and because they got there first so i you have to be skeptical about both sides just as on the transit side you're hearing people say you know the school district is completely inept you know, they waste money, they, they can't be trusted. That's not true either. You know, the school district has done a lot to rein in costs. Jeff Akins, the superintendent, has done a lot to get spending under control. You're hearing exaggeration and a little bit of misinformation,
0: unfortunately, on both sides. And I guess we're going to have another nine weeks of that. Absolutely. Well, Marlene, you have, again, Topped us all. I, my school board elections in Pasco County were nowhere near as interesting. My conversations about taxes are nowhere near as interesting. I, I'm just jealous of you, and, and thank you for letting me cover the school board meeting the other day. It was kind of well, fun.
1: and thank you for covering the state the way you do. Because if I had to pay attention to the state, I wouldn't have any time for my very interesting school district. So, thank you.
0: So, absolutely, we will be back again with you. I think we're doing this monthly. It feels like, and, and it seems to work. So. Bring bring us an update in a month.
1: I will. Thank you.
0: That's the end of our discussion and the end of this week's podcast. If you'd like to participate in this conversation, visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. To keep up on all the latest breaking news in Florida education, go to our blog, www.tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. And please continue to share and review this podcast. We'd like to reach as many people as possible. We appreciate any feedback you might send us, including comments and criticism. I'm reporter Jeff Solichek. Thanks again for listening.